Uh, would you grab a hold of your Bible this morning and open up to the book of Joshua? We're starting a, a new series on this often forgotten book, often neglected, but I do think important. We're going to read all of Joshua chapter 1 this morning. So Joshua chapter 1, hear the word of our God, starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord gives rest to your brothers as he has to you. And they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it, the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. And they answered Joshua, all that you have commanded us we will do and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we, we need your word this morning. We need your speech it is bread from heaven and we feed upon it and so would you feed us and change us and mold us with this word from Joshua chapter 1. Pin these words upon our heart, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 
if you are attuned to the scriptures, so if you have a, a keen ear and you're acquainted with your Bible, you might be alert to what is going on in chapter one. You might be hearing something in chapter one. And so what is going on in chapter one? What should you be hearing? Well, there is this refrain and it grows into a crescendo in Joshua chapter one. Let me chart it out for you. It all starts back in the book of Deuteronomy. The Lord commands Moses these words, Deuteronomy chapter one, verse 38. However, Joshua, the son of Nun, your assistant will go. Encourage him, or we could translate it, or make him strong, because he will enable Israel to inherit the land. The Lord comes to Moses again, and he gives a very similar command to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 28. The, the Lord directs Moses, saying, commission Joshua, encourage and strengthen him, or we could translate again, or make him strong and, and make him courageous, because he will lead those people over and will enable them to inherit the land. And as we read through Deuteronomy, we've got chapter one, chapter three, the Lord is commanding Moses, and then we come to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse seven, and Moses obeys the command of the Lord. We get this text. It says, then Moses called out to Joshua in the presence of all the people, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. So we have the book of Deuteronomy. We hear these commands, make him strong, make him strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. As we're reading through this book, these words applied to Joshua can't be missed. And as we move into to, to Joshua chapter one from the book of Deuteronomy, this refrain only grows louder and more intense for it is no longer Moses who is speaking these words to Joshua. But in Joshua chapter one, it is the Lord himself who comes to Joshua and speaks these words. Three times the Lord speaks these words to Joshua in chapter one. We find the first instant in verse six. The Lord says, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers to give them. The Lord repeats himself, verse seven, only be strong and very courageous. And then again, verse nine, the Lord says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. So we have this repetition from the book of Deuteronomy into Joshua chapter one. The Lord starts by speaking to Moses. And then Moses goes to Joshua and speaks to Joshua. And then in Joshua chapter one, the Lord speaks to Joshua himself. And what's interesting is the people of God, they are listening to what is going on. The Lord to Moses and Moses to Joshua and the Lord to Joshua. And they too see the need. Joshua must be a man who is both strong and courageous. And so after being mustered for war, the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh come to Joshua and they too charge him. And this is how chapter one ends, verse 18. Only... Be strong and courageous. And so there's this refrain and it grows into a crescendo in Joshua chapter one. It started in Deuteronomy one, Deuteronomy three, Deuteronomy 31, and then we come to chapter one and it is all that we can hear again and again. Be strong, be courageous. The Lord says it and all of God's people say it as they punctuate the scene, as they add their words. 
So as we look at chapter one, obviously strength and courage are important. The sheer repetition of these commands alerts us to the fact that we should be keying in on these commands. Obviously, Joshua needs to be both strong and very courageous, and there is a a moral urgency to this. It can't be missed in the text. Obviously, Joshua needs to hear this charge, and he needs to hear it from Moses, and then from the Lord, and then from the people of God. And as we think about these commands and their repetition, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, we have to understand that there was good reason for all of this repetition. Just ponder Joshua's situation with me for a moment. So in our text, Joshua succeeds Moses. Just think about that. What a weighty task for Joshua to succeed Moses. And the text itself helps us understand the weightiness of this task. Just scan over chapter one. Moses' name is mentioned again and again and again. It is mentioned 11 times in chapter one. The name of Moses is mentioned more times in chapter one than the name of Joshua. And even though Moses is dead... (laughs) Moses still looms large over Joshua's life. He can't escape the shadow of Moses, and for good reason. Moses was an extraordinary man. Moses was the man who who led Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Moses was the man who, who took his staff and stretched it out over the sea, and then the Lord drove back the sea. Moses is the man who lifted up his his staff, and as he lifted it up, the Amorites, all of them were driven back. Moses was the man who went up on Mount Sinai. He entered the smoke and the fire and the terror, and there he communed with the Lord God himself, and he received God's words for the people of God. Moses was the man who stood in the breach when Israel sinned with the golden calf and God was about to destroy them. Moses was the man who interceded for the people of God and saved their lives. And much more could be said about Moses, but Deuteronomy chapter 34 verses 10 through 12 sums up his life and ministry. The end of the book of Deuteronomy says this about Moses. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, none like him for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of Israel. Book of Deuteronomy ends and says, no one like Moses. And here's Joshua and he's the next man up. Those are some big leadership shoes to fill. That's a heavy mantle to carry on your shoulders. To succeed Moses and to lead Israel well, Joshua will need to have both strength and courage. In fact, we could say Joshua will need to have courage and strength in in heaping proportions. In heaping proportions. But there's more to consider about Joshua. As we think about Joshua and the book of Joshua, Joshua has this unique and particular calling. Joshua is called to do something and go somewhere that Moses was never able to. Where does Moses die? Well, he dies outside of the land of promise. All he can do is just look upon the land, his feet never touch it. 
But what must Joshua do in his ministry, in his leadership? He must take the people of God and bring them into the land. Now, this is a daunting task, a task that Joshua knew well. Joshua was among the original spies who 40 years earlier went in and scouted out the land of the promise. So do you remember what those spies saw? We read about this in the book of Numbers. Well, the spies go in and they they search out the land and they see that there are fortified cities in the land. They look about the land and they see that in the land there are armies with superior technology. We're going to find out that there are armies within the land who have chariots. There are armies who are, are better trained in war. The spies come and they say, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And to top it off, the, the people go into the land and who do they see? They see giants and they see giants everywhere. And so the faithless spies, this doesn't include Joshua or Caleb, they come to Israel and they sum up the land and what they saw with this report, Numbers chapter 13, verses 31 through 33, they say this. We are not able to go up against the people. Why? For they are stronger than we are. The land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. Here are these 10 men. They spy out the land and they are terrified. There are giants here. And the land, it is a bad land. It possesses those, destroys those who go into it. So the 10 of 12 spies cower and they fear because of what they saw and because of what Israel heard from these 10 spies, they turn back and they melted before all these obstacles. And as we think about it, these are the very obstacles that Joshua has to to deal with in his life and in his ministry. He must go and deal with all of these walled cities. He must fight against these better armed, better equipped, better trained men. He must go forward and he must battle a race of giants. And if Joshua is to do this work, he must both be strong and courageous. He must be strong and courageous. He must not fear like those 10 spies. He must not fear like Israel did in the past. And yet there's another reason, and we see this reason embedded right in the text of chapter one. Joshua must both be strong and courageous or Israel will not inherit the land of the promise. As we look at the text, there is this casual link between Joshua's strength and Joshua's courage and the success of the conquest. Look at verse 6. We, we see the link. The Lord says this, be strong and courageous. Why? What will it result in? For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Joshua's strength and courage will then result in, bring forth inheritance. We go down to verses 7 and 8, and this casual link becomes stronger. And so the Lord comes to Joshua again, and he makes his command, only be strong and courageous. And then he links these commands with success. The text reads, that you may have good success wherever you go. And then it reiterates this link again. The Lord says, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So we can say this, the conquest will fail and the people will disintegrate 
If Joshua becomes shaky or weak need or fickle, the plan will fall apart and there will be another failed generation just like the first generation that came to the land and, and turned back. There will be another generation that dies in the wilderness and there will be more tombs and graves out there if Joshua turns out to be a coward. And so Joshua must both be strong and courageous. And so at this point, it is no secret what the text of chapter one is all about and what the sermon is all about. It is about strength and it is about courage. And now we need to do some work here on these two commands. We need to drill down on them and try to ascertain what they mean. And so all of us, as we come to the text, as we think about these two commands, we all have preconceived ideas of what strength and what of courage are, what they are, what they are for us. And maybe some pictures or images flash in your minds when you hear the word strength or courage. Maybe you picture the bulky muscles of Hulk Hogan when someone says strength. There's someone strong. Or, or maybe you think of a, a great explorer. Maybe you think of someone like Ernest Shackleton when you think of, of courage. A man who stares down the ice in Antarctica. But here we must clear our minds and think biblically about strength and courage. We can do this by asking two questions of our text. First question we can ask is this. Well, what does strength and courage look like according to Joshua chapter 1? What does Joshua chapter 1, what does this chapter think about strength and courage? And question two goes like this. Where does strength and courage come from? If we're to have this, where does it arrive? What gives birth to it? So let's start with question number one. What does strength and courage look like? Well, when we look closely at the text in Joshua chapter 1, we find a very interesting answer. Just remember the context for a moment with me. What is Joshua going to do? He is going to lead Israel into war with all of the people in the land of Canaan. And as we think about that, what should we expect then as the Lord talks to Joshua about strength and courage? Well, we would expect explicit instructions about military training or, or military strategy or, or military technology. We should expect that courage and strength will be tied to explicitly to something military. But here's the thing. When we come to Joshua chapter 1, we don't find anything like that. The Lord shows no concern for any strategy or training or technology. Rather, what does the Lord do? Well, he ties strength and courage to one matter, and he does it again and again in chapter 1. And that matter, the Lord ties it to, is the word of God. And the Lord does this in three different ways, and I'll fill them out for you. And so we can say this. First of all, biblical strength and courage looks like obeying God's word. Looks like obeying God's word. Look at verse 7. The Lord fills this out for Joshua. He says, only be strong and courageous. What does that look like, we ask? Well, the Lord says, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. So Joshua must do, he must perform the word of God. There are ethics in the word of God. What must Joshua do? He must do them. There are commandments about worship and idolatry. And what must Joshua do? He must do them. There are prescriptions for things like mercy and grace and justice. And Joshua must do them. Everything the word says, that is what Joshua must do. Then the Lord gives this colorful illustration in verse 7. 
The Lord wants us to think of a, a path. And, and Joshua's one job is this, to stay on the path. He must not venture from the path to his right, or he must not venture from it to his left. He must not take any shortcuts or bypasses. He must not round any of the corners on this path. He must not, if he gets a good idea, strike out in a new direction from this path. He must stick to the path and obey the path. And what is the path? Well, it is the word of God delivered to him through the man, Moses. And so... Joshua's obedience, his continued obedience, his sustained obedience, his principled obedience is strength and courage displayed. And we can say that Joshua will need both strength and courage to obey God's word, all of it. We can say a second thing about biblical strength and courage. Biblical strength and courage looks like speaking the word of God. Looks like speaking the word of God. And so Joshua is Israel's leader. He is standing in the shoes of Moses. And as Israel's leader, he's going to have this profound influence over the entirety of Israel. We could say that Joshua now has the steering wheel of the car. He's in the driver's seat. And so Joshua must be a man, because he has the steering wheel, who continually speaks the word of God. Verse 8 says this. This book of the law will not depart from your mouth. This book of the law will not depart from your mouth. What does that mean? Well, I think it means this. When Joshua instructs, he must instruct from the word of God. When Joshua encourages, he must encourage from the word of God. When Joshua warns and rebukes the people of God, which he will have to do from time to time, he must do so from the word of God. He is to be a man given over to speaking the word of God. This book of the law will not depart from your mouth. And so Joshua's speaking, his continued speaking of the word of God in all sorts of situations is biblical strength and courage. And Joshua will need both strength and courage to keep speaking the word of God to the people of God. So biblical strength and courage is obedience to the word. It is speaking the words. And then we can add one more thing. Biblical strength and courage is devotion to the word of God. It is devotion to the word of God. So as we think about these first two descriptions of biblical strength and courage, obedience and the speaking ministry of Joshua, this is largely a public work. Joshua is this leader, and, and the people of God are going to walk in his footsteps, and so G Joshua must walk on the path of God's word. Joshua's going to be speaking the word of God. He's going to be up in front. But in verse 8, the Lord digs deeper into Joshua. He goes into the interior of Joshua, and he says this to Joshua but you shall meditate on it day and night. So what does that mean? Well, we can tie some scripture passages in here to, to think about this. Joshua is to be like the king of Deuteronomy chapter 17. Do you remember that passage? The king is supposed to, to take God's word and he's to write his own copy of God's word for himself, all the books of Moses. And he is to do this so that he might have the books of Moses with him the entirety of his life, that he might think upon them always. We think of perhaps Psalm chapter 1. Joshua is to be a Psalm 1 sort of man. 
He is to make the law his constant companion day and night, all hours of the day. There is to be this devotion to God's word. There's to be in Joshua this interior devotion to the book of Moses. His eyes are to be fixed upon the books of Moses. His heart is to be attached to the books of Moses. His mind is to be saturated with the books of Moses. He is to know all that God has said through and in Moses the prophet. And so we can say Joshua's devotion to the word of God is biblical strength and courage, and it will take strength and courage to be devoted to the word of God day and night. So that's our first question. What does strength and courage look like? And and we get a clear picture in Joshua chapter one of that. We can ask our second question. Where does, does strength and courage come from? What gives birth to this? And so as we look at Joshua, he has this tall task to perform. He must display biblical strength and courage in all sorts of different circumstances. He must do it before giants and tall city walls. He must do it when God's people become restless and agitated. He must do it when he gets tired and weary and worn out and discouraged. He must keep at it. He must do it when everything is going wrong. He must do it when everything is going right. He's to keep to God's word and not depart from it, not one word. And so we ask, well, where does this strength, where does this courage come from? How is Joshua to muster this up? How is this strength, how is this courage to be manufactured in his life? Well, we too here get a a clear answer from Joshua chapter one. Where? Well, Joshua gets strength and courage from the promises of God from the promises of God. Just look at chapter one. The text is saturated with the promises of God. The Lord takes promise after promise after promise, and he piles up all of these promises in front of Joshua as Joshua begins his work. Just look at verses two and three. The Lord gives Joshua promises. He says, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given, just as I promised Moses. Joshua's job begins with promises. And the Lord is calling Joshua, remember the promise I gave Moses, that's for you. And look at verse 4. What is the Lord doing in verse 4? The Lord is placing in Joshua's hands the title and legal description of the land. The Lord is reiterating his point powerfully. He's coming to Joshua and he's saying, it's all yours. Here's the title. Here's the description. Grab hold of it. And look at verse 5. The Lord comes to Joshua. And this is glorious. The Lord promises to Joshua a lifetime of success and victory. The Lord says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Joshua, you will experience victory after victory after victory. And best of all, the Lord promises to Joshua his near and continued presence. Verse five, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. And this is so important that the Lord reminds Joshua again of this in verse nine. He says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
And so what God has in mind for Joshua is not some sort of human-centric, human-powered, human-manufactured courage and strength. It is courage and strength that sinks its roots down into the promises of God and then grows up and out of the promises of God and because of the promises of God gives forth fruits. It is a courage and strength that is feeding upon the promises of God always. It is a courage and strength that goes out and acts in light of what God has said he will do. That is where Joshua will get courage and strength from the promises of God. And so Joshua must both be strong and courageous. That point rings out loud and true from this text. But we can ask now, well, what does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with you? What what do these commands in Joshua chapter 1, these commands that are repeated over and over and over again, have to do with your own faith, your own practice, your own living of the Christian life? Or as we think about it, here we find Joshua in chapter 1, the conquest, Moses is dead, and here we are sitting here thousands of years later, and we ask, well, how are we supposed to bridge this? Moses is doing this distinct work, and here we are today. What does any of this have to do with us? I don't think this is a hard gap to bridge, and I don't think this is a hard gap to bridge because these commands given to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 aren't unique to him. They're not. Let me explain. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. And so at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, the, the congregation of Israel is gathered to Moses. And Moses is speaking to them, and he will later on in Deuteronomy chapter 31 talk to Joshua directly in front of this congregation. But before he does this, He says this to the people. And so there's men, there's women, there's children. All of them are there. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Moses says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So these commands given to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 are first of all given to all of the people of God. All of them. Then, as we move through our Bibles, we find these sorts of words, these sorts of commands given to Christians in the, in the New Testament. For example, there's Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through 6. The, the author is exhorting the people of God, and he, he says this, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. So here's these commands. Don't love money. Be content. And he gives a reason. He says this, For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And so I think it's wise and appropriate to take these commands we find in Joshua chapter 1. Be strong, be courageous, and apply them to ourselves. These commands are for you for today. And all the implications of these commands are there for you as well. What does it mean to be strong and courageous? It means you must obey the word of God and speak the word of God and meditate on the word of God, being devoted to the word of God. All of this is for you, all of it. But as we think about these commands, the Lord's words to Joshua, be strong and courageous. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few objections this morning. Just want to work through some of these objections you might be thinking. One objection might go something like this. Well, you just don't know all the difficulties that I'm facing in my life in front of me. 
You just don't understand them. I can't face them with strength or with courage. They're, they're too much for me. Or maybe another objection. You just don't know and understand the people who are in my life. You don't understand what they're doing to me. They wear me out. They wear me down. I can no longer deal with them with any sort of strength and courage. Or you just don't understand. You just don't understand how fear and anxiety grip my soul. I am afraid I am really afraid, and it just comes upon me. There's this anxiety within me. Or you might be saying something like this. You don't understand the temptations I face. You're calling me to be strong and courageous, to obey God's word in every part of my life. You don't understand this temptation that, that comes to me. When it comes to me and it arrives, it just takes hold of me, and I have to obey it. It seems to control me. I can't be strong, I can't be courageous. Or you might be saying, you just don't understand the weariness that is currently in my soul. I am so tired, I am so worn out. There's no way I can be strong anymore, I can't be courageous anymore. Or you might simply be saying, that's Joshua chapter one. I'm living here and now, what does any of this have to do with me? What does any of this have to do with me? So what are we supposed to say to these objections? Maybe you're feeling some of them. Maybe you're not feeling any of them. But what is there to say to these objections? Well, let me tell you this. Today, today, right here, right now, you stand in a better place than Joshua. Today, you are located in a better position than Joshua was located to live out these commands of being strong and being courageous. Today, you have easier access to all the grace that you need than Joshua had. Just think about it. Think about Joshua's life. Joshua had to live his entire life looking forward in hope. When these commands came to Joshua, be strong and courageous, he did not have any possession in the land of promise. His foot had, 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 had only walked through it, spying it out, but he had not taken possession of it. Just think about it. Joshua had to go fight giants and armies and take walled cities, and he had to do all of this without a clear knowledge of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Just think about it, Joshua had to lead Israel and live his entire life under the dim light and the many shadows of the old covenant. Joshua had to manage all of this with only a small sliver of the revealed word of God. So believer, hear this, if you are in Jesus, if you belong to Jesus, you stand in a better place than Joshua, far better, think about it. Where do you stand? You stand today after Jesus' sin-atoning death. There are no questions about sin in your life, no confusion. What has Jesus done in his sin-atoning death? He has forgiven all of your sins, and they've all been carried away. You stand in a better place. Just think about it. You stand after Jesus' resurrection. Death, that last enemy, is toothless and fangless. Jesus has robbed that enemy of all its power, and now it can only serve you by bringing you closer to King Jesus and his glory. Just think about it. You stand after Jesus' ascension into heavenly places. Jesus holds in his hands all heavenly power and earthly authority. He rules sovereignly over all people, all places, all nations. Even better, he is at the right hand of the Father interceding for all of God's people. 
He's praying for you. You stand in a better place than Joshua. Just think about it. You stand after the day of Pentecost. What has Jesus done? He has poured out his spirit upon the whole church. The mighty spirit of God has taken up residence in all of his people. And what does the spirit of God do? He communicates all of Jesus to us, all of his grace, all of his strength, all that we need through faith. Just think about it. You stand with a complete canon of scripture. You have the fullness of revelation. You have all that you need for life and godliness. Not one word, not one doctrine is missing. Just think about it. Joshua walked this dimly lit path the entirety of his life. Joshua is walking this path uphill the entirety of his life. But because you are in Jesus Christ and you know Jesus Christ, you walk a well-lit path. It is well-lit, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it. The truth of it is, it is well-lit. And better yet, you walk, and though it may not seem like it some days, you walk a downhill path because you can see more, you can grasp more, because you have more, because you are in the Lord Jesus himself. Why can you be strong and courageous? Well, not because of yourself, but because you belong to King Jesus. And all that Jesus has won in his death and resurrection is yours. And so here's this charge. In light of Jesus, in light of his death and his resurrection, in light of his ascension and his Pentecost, gladly receive the commands of Joshua chapter 1, for they are for you. Be strong and be courageous. This is what the Lord Jesus says to you today. So what does that mean? Well, it means that you need to go this week and you need to work diligently at figuring out all the applications of those two simple commands, be strong, be courageous. And so I call you this morning, work away at obeying the word of God and work away at obeying the word of God everywhere. There are those dark parts in our lives What is the call of God? Be strong and courageous. Take the word of God to those dark places and apply it and obey it. That's what Jesus wants for you. Work away at being someone who who speaks the word of God. Be strong, be courageous. God has given you all of this influence with family, with friends, in workplaces, with neighbors. Be a man, be a woman who, who speaks the word of God. May the word of God be in your mouth continually. May it not depart from your mouth. Even more, work away in your private devotion to the word of God. Abide in God's word. Stay in God's word. Meditate on God's word. Plead with God that he would give you a heart that delights in his word. Be strong and courageous. And do all of this obeying and speaking and devoting yourself to God's word, knowing where you stand. Because you stand in Jesus. You stand in a better place than Joshua. And you can be in Jesus through his grace, both strong and very courageous. Let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you for the richness of your word. We thank you for our Lord Jesus. We're so thankful that we stand in a better place than Joshua. And so we lift up our hearts and we we praise you, O God, for your great grace towards us and we plead for more grace today. 
You know our hearts, you know our thoughts, you know our weaknesses and our temptations. And we pray, would you lift us up and would you carry us forward with this word from Joshua chapter 1. Would you make us both strong and courageous as we go and obey your word and speak your word and devote ourselves to your word. We pray this in our Savior's name. Amen.